Welcome to The Real and the Gritty with Belle and Danielle. Today, we are super pumped to chat with Emily, who is the founder of Serotonin Eatery and Education, a place that brings community and health together to share food, connect on a deeper level and promote feeling good inside and out from everything like the experience, the energy, the architecture. Emily has created a beautiful place to escape the busy and fast paced life we all live and encourages you to take a pause in your day, connect with yourself and appreciate your surroundings. Em is a holistic in her approach to health and wellness and she integrates a nourishing eatery, exercise center and education space for her community. Her ethos is around um, ensuring your body, mind and earth are all functioning at their best and she's constantly adapting to reduce the impact on the environment in every way she can. She is a huge advocate for mental health and is so open and honest about her journey and how to cultivate happiness from within. And it all comes down to those healthy habits and mindsets. Em is hardworking, innovative, creative and inspiring in her business. And we're so excited to chat with her. Welcome, Em. Wow. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. So when did you get started in your business? So my business opened in 2015 I signed the lease in 2014 I came up with sort of the full-on idea for it 2011 and it was way back in like 2005 when I wanted to open up a food venue so like one of my favorite sayings I'll probably say a lot today is that um you know like every successful business is 10 years in the making Mm. popped out of nowhere but it had been conceptualizing in my mind for a long time why is that? Where did the vision come from? I know we're getting deep like pretty quick. <laughs> Where did that vision? It was a pretty conscious decision to make this story part of my story and, you know, quite public because I think it is so important. But um, serotonin, yeah, is really personal to me because it comes from my own personal mental health struggle. So when I was back in high school, I was going through... I call them mood funks because for everyone, especially around that age, they're different. So for me, I was um, experiencing depression and suicidal thoughts. Um, I didn't sort of have anxiety back then. And now I know that's a lot more prevalent. Um, But I was going through these ups and downs in school and there was just no resources. We had like a school counsellor, which I made the most of, which was good. Um, But in later years, I spoke to mum, you know, and I was telling these school counsellors that I had suicidal thoughts. There was things I was going to do. And they never even reported it back to my parents, which is just alarming to me and it was to them as well. So there was limited resources, you know, I don't think we even had Google, so I wasn't doing anything. Um, And now even like Instagram and TikTok and things like that, there is great resources. I follow like mental health pages and stuff like that and they're really good now. So I was in this bad mental health state and it continued. I moved out of home when I was 18 and when I was about 20 or 21, I took myself to like the local doctor. So this was a brand new doctor because I'd moved out of home and they knew nothing about me. And I was sort of telling them my story. And a few minutes in, they said, we're going to put you on antidepressants. And I knew there was more to it. And I went home that night and she'd given me this referral and told me what to do. And it just didn't sit well with me. So that night, um, when I was about 20, I started Googling, you know, like, what is antidepressants? What does all that mean? But then that led me onto this path of, well, how do I just become naturally happy? Mm-hmm. And for about 
six months I was researching that and three months in this word serotonin just kept coming up and my thoughts behind it was that happiness is you know so exponential when do you get to happy whereas this serotonin word really resonated with me because it was more being like content in the moment and sort of being calm and having balance Mm. so then I kind of transfer to researching so how do I stabilize my serotonin how do I boost my serotonin levels naturally and yeah how do I become naturally happy one of the things I found many was food and it was actually parallel in my life at this point I was designing a Japanese cafe that was what I've been working on for years Um, Japanese did you like travel there in the past and just love yeah, it was my first overseas holiday as soon as I was 18. I went straight to Japan, but it was based off this. I'm sure you're going to know it, Belle. It's called Samurai in Glenferry Road, Hawthorne. <laughs> Everyone loves it. And that's where we went when we were in high school. And we would go there. It was cheap. It was cheerful. It was quick. It was like the staff was so lovely. And it was just this really nice experience. And we went all the time. So I wanted to bring that to the Melbourne brunch scene. Brunch was just taking off back then. Mm-hmm. I was a food blogger with uh, my best friend at the time. And so we were going to these places and it just, you know, wasn't what we wanted. So I'd been designing this Japanese breakfast cafe. I love when you leave Japanese restaurants and you're satiated. You're, yeah. you're not like that full. I was actually um, reading a great book this morning about, you know, the blue zones and they eat to their only 80% full. And we just yeah cultures so I was designing it around that this beautiful Japanese cafe with the look the feel of that like Japanese people are just so sort of happy and friendly and then it was a friend who was like why are you still designing this Japanese cafe but you're eating all this food high in it's called tryptophan but we'll say serotonin to stabilize your mood and it was so positively affecting my life it had completely changed my headspace around and he doesn't even remember saying it but it was that day I was like I should do a serotonin cafe (laughs) Wow. And I think like can we just touch back on like being at the doctors and like being prescribed straight away on like medication. Yeah. I think like sometimes we're so quick to just jump to try and just like band-aid the effect instead of really looking at like what is the cause and what is the reason and how can I support myself better in this life. Yeah. And I think like you are someone who constantly emits like there are moments where you still struggle or still have low moments, but it's how can I create that stability and balance in my life yeah. to bring that everyday happiness? Because as you say, happy happiness is not something you can just get. It's something you create. Mm, what I thought was really cool is recreating the word happiness mm. because happiness can like have all different labels with it growing up and it means different things and it's sort of labeled on that word and then so you have this expectation in your head but then you've grabbed serotonin and then you've made it yours that's really cool that's a that's a little bit of mindset there yeah yeah definitely mindset and I I think and I know Belle knows this too but yeah doing sport as a kid you learn amazing mindset and I played a lot of high level sport growing up So I definitely had the mindset and I had clarity of thought. I just had these underlying, yeah, this mental health going on. And if she had have spoken to me and asked me any of the things that I do now, and we might chat later about the serotonin formula that I've created. So if she had have said, are you eating fruits and vegetables? No, I had this signature dish that I would have and it was called the four C's. It was chicken two minute noodles, (laughs) capsicum and carrot. And that was like, 
me being good once a week. <laughs> oh no. So I was eating terribly. I was living out of home. You know, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, I was partying on the weekends. I wasn't sleeping. She didn't ask any of that. And that's, I think what I'm super passionate about now. If you're going to a doctor and they're doing that, they need to just understand. And that's where I love sort of naturopaths, Chinese doctors. They'll really understand what's going on in your life, what's going on in your body. And they'll just start at the base level rather than just putting something on top. Mm. I think like our world now as well, and it's got so fast paced, like we're constantly trying to do more and chase more and thinking that like, once we tick off this next thing, then I'll feel good. I'll be happy. And it's, it kind of really comes down to no, like let's stop and enjoy being here in this moment right now. And I'm someone who definitely needs to do that more and I'm working on that. But like, can you explain a little bit more about how you designed your cafe to make people kind of res- like feel good and slow down and become connected with themselves rather than just like rushing past grabbing their coffee? Yeah, definitely. That is a great question. I've probably never even spoken really about this out loud, but so I went and actually studied interior architecture so that I was able to design the fit out of my business and mm. I designed the outside of the building. It's actually really dark. And if you look really close, it's this kind of sparkly paint and it's sort of, it looks like tar on the road, but it's to represent the outside crazy world. So it's quite dark. And then when you enter serotonin, it's bright, it's light and there's all different things. I worked with a color psychologist. So even the paint stroke on the walls is actually calming Um, there's also when you enter, there's sort of a one and a half, two meter doormat, I guess you'd call it where you kind of wipe your feet on the way in and that stops. And what that does is it physically stops people. It's called an intentional design pause and it stops people. There's nothing there, you know, it's just the ground changes from this coir mat into the concrete, but people will stop right there. And then what that allows us to do as a business is greet you at the door. So I myself get anxiety when I go into a venue, there's no one to see you. You're like, do I sit down? You sit down and then no one's seen you because you've sat down and then you're like, oh my God. And then it just wrecks your whole experience. I've walked out <laughs> places because I'm like, okay. But I designed this into it so that you're greeted right at the door and then you have this beautiful experience. We take you to where you want. We can run you through, you know, we check in with you the whole time. So making serotonin and anxiety free space was so important to me when I was, a food blogger, we kept this book and in the front of the book, it had everything we loved. And in the back, it had things we hated. So that was something that I hated, not being greeted right at the door, um, not being run through the menu, you know, like I don't really drink coffee. I never actually even drank coffee before I opened a cafe. And um, people would just say, what coffee do you want? You know, and I'm like, I don't drink coffee. I've always got, yeah. my I've got a smoothie or something like that. So if you've been to serotonin, you'll know we fully run you through the menu. We chat to you about your needs, you know, you've got any dietary requirements or allergies so those little things is what sort of makes it this like calming community space Mm. and I think that's like a huge point of difference it's not just like you had this idea of like wanting to run a cafe it's like you want it from like the start experience to the end to really cultivate like a shift in someone and make them want to come back and enjoy that connection with you in as a part of their day Um, yeah to humanize hospitality which seems to me ridiculous because hospitality is about people it's about being hospitable mm-hmm. but we yeah from the moment we greet you but even the touch points before how we talk to you of course through the website how we talk to you through social media our emails uh, we take bookings now so that's great I can chat to you a few times before you've come in especially in this 
COVID world we live in, I can tell you the touch points. I can tell you, you know, like just arrive five minutes early. Well, this is what we do, sanitize here. And it makes people feel more comfortable taking out all those things as opposed to me who, before I go somewhere, I'll Google the menu, see what I'm going to have back in the day, Google the menu, see how kind of dressy it is. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get as well that calming environment? Do you put that into your personal life as well? So your environment now and in your healing process, um, was that a big part of your sort of transformation? And yeah, I'm laughing because yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the podcast from home today, so it was nice and quiet. And when people come to my home, they're like, "It just looks like serotonin." <laughs> 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 I've literally built in the same kind of seating. The Japanese booths here. I've got all of the same sort of colors, and yeah, that was a lot of research. I call it um, like I'm Danish background, but I love this Japanese, so it's called Scandinese design. Mm-hmm. So it's really like natural elements, calming, minimalistic as well. We all live with so much crap. You know, I like pack up and go and I've got like a bag full of everything I'll need this month. So just living that minimal lifestyle and living, I think it also helps, yeah, just keep your mind clear and keep you calm. Mm, yes, we need that in our life, don't we, Belle, all yeah. the time. All just right. minimal. <laughs> Lots of white. (laughs) A lot. I throw out things a lot. I clean out drawers a lot. That's very therapeutic for me. And then I think, yeah, when you, even though like it might be a junk drawer, you still know it's in there. So if you're cleaning that out and just living with minimal stuff in your life and giving away clothes and things like that a lot, you know, I, I travel. So it, I guess has made me be able to live out of one suitcase, but now I can just do that in my everyday life. Especially, especially when you're a creative as well I find your mind can get very busy so having that space to be clear sort of makes your mind a little bit clearer that's how I see it in my 20s I actually got diagnosed with ADHD which was very interesting wow. now I can understand why I do a lot of things and because I wasn't diagnosed with it but I definitely have had it my whole life I have learned to become the most organized person because yeah, otherwise I just lose things or nothing gets done. So I've got systems, lists, places for everything. And now I realize that, yeah, that's another way that without the medication, I was able to still live with this. Mm. That's interesting. That's very interesting because that could have contributed to your anxiety as well, because it's like, you don't, you weren't aware of how your mind and brain is working. So you could not control the scenario, but manage. Yeah. And understand and realize why now, again, like on my Instagram, I follow all these um, ADHD pages and now I understand this is why I do it this way. This is why I do it this way. And especially in females, it's so undiagnosed um, that now I understand why I probably struggled back in school so much. That just wasn't Mm. the way I learned. I just couldn't sit there. I used to get kicked out of classrooms all the time, but I was so you know, I was ready to go. I wanted to do things. I wanted to be hands-on. I was the only girl in my school who did DT, which is woodwork and metalwork from grade seven to grade 12. Cause I just had to be, you know, doing tangible things to keep me occupied. Yeah. And can we touch on um, just like how now you recognize what you need in your day-to-day life and what kind of like are your non-negotiables to maintain your balance and set point and health um because you run now a business that has so many different avenues and we'll touch on them after but like 
it's so important to keep yourself well so you can continue to be creative and continue this business propelling forward rather than just being like, cool, done, I created my space. Yeah. Leave it there. And I guess because I am so creative, yeah, I've got this business, but then I just add more layers and I add more projects and I'll just never be satisfied. But so the serotonin formula we chat about is sort of the base level but now since opening there's some other things I've added on I did an amazing meditation course and I just couldn't recommend meditation more to anyone so um, I have a mantra and I have a 20 minute twice daily meditation that I do like once sort of before I get out of bed and then once just before lunch or in the afternoon and that one is just a lifesaver if I'm getting, you know, overwhelmed or anything, I can just drop in and do that one. And a 20 minute meditation that I do like that is the same as a four hour sleep. So that's a lot of people will be like, when can I fit that in? Well, waking up that 20 minutes earlier gives you the same rest as a four hour sleep. So especially for new parents, that one is very important. What type, sorry to interrupt, what type of meditation is it? If you don't mind me asking, like breath work or. So this is, it's called Vedic meditation. So Mm -hmm. it's a mantra, which is a word that I just repeat to myself. So a lot of meditations are very similar and all come from the same place. So yeah, Vedic meditation is just where I fell into. And it's a great one because yeah, you get this word. So the word is a mantra. Ma means sort of mind and tra means vehicle, like train, Mm -hmm. truck. And so it's a mind vehicle that sort of drops you back into yourself and puts you into this rest and digest state very enjoyable we're not in that very often in this crazy world Mm -hmm. (laughs) um obviously I yeah regularly raise my heart rate that's something so important to keep your mind as well as your body fit um and then I do and I don't take supplements obviously depending on what I'm what's going on in my life so you don't need to take supplements Um, but working with someone like a Chinese doctor or a naturopath, especially for me as a busy, I put in brackets, um, business owner is something that I I do need. If I've got, you know, heaps of events coming up, heaps of talking events, heaps of my education events, sure, I might need some magnesium and things like that to help me sleep at night, but you don't need to be taking them. Possibly if you're plant-based, you'll need to be taking a B12. It's 10 o'clock. But the (laughs) natural... Sorry about that. <laughs> this new Zoom update. <laughs> Thanks, it's 10 o'clock, everyone. <laughs> um, also, putting feet up the wall is something so important that um, especially when I was in sort of my most stressed state, you know, 18 months into opening the business, stopping halfway through the day and it's a, it's a yoga pose, but anyone can just do it. You just put your bum up against the wall. You put your legs straight up the wall and it just, again, calms your nervous system. And it's really good actually to do just before sleep as well. But that's something to just do it for five, 10, 20 minutes if you can. Obviously that's time to be off technology. So not lying there like on Instagram, but just lying there breathing is just so good for your nervous system as well. Our clients all do that. <laughs> Tones your vagus nerve. So calming that nervous system down. Everyone needs it. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I love there's One of my favorite um, Instagrammers or humans is Lonnie Jane. And she sort of started a trend of it and then it just blew up and everyone was tagging her doing it. So it was brilliant. That's something, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast right now and you can put your bum against the wall, your legs up the wall and lie down. How, how easy. Yeah, such a simple one. I've got curtains at work. <laughs> one of the booths and um, the staff know if the curtains are closed, I'm behind. 
normalizing these things. I listen to really high level CEOs, you know, of huge companies and they have things like afternoon naps. It sounds yeah. hilarious. But this guy was like, that's just what I need. So I have this 20 minute afternoon nap in my office. He shuts the doors, closes the blinds and they all know that he's in there with his little blankie having his nap, whatever it is your body needs. Mm. we've chatted about this before Dan but it's kind of like our, our world has sensationalized the word busy it's like people think that saying that is good and it's it's not always a good thing it's not always productive either yeah. you can be busy with whatever you want if you're busy with your friends great but yeah you should never be negatively busy I've really tried to take it out of my vocabulary because your life is a choice and if it's not you just need to take control of it Mm. and touching on that like taking control uh do you think that like some of your decisions to um really chase your dreams and take some risks and choose the uncomfortable uh has helped you kind of cultivate resilience going forward through whatever life throws at you um question kind of not (laughs) no I don't think I even comprehend how resilient I am because I'm such a high risk taker and that is something yeah with ADHD as well. So I'm a huge risk taker. Back when I worked at the bank, um, I'd been working since I was like 12. So I had savings and I was friends with the financial planner and he sort of said, do you have you heard of a managed fund? Do you want to put your money in a managed fund? And I was like, sure. And then he did a risk profile on me. And even back then I was like 85% risk averse. And now I'm so high risk as well. And of course, some things don't pay off, but it's like the old saying, you know, with Michael Jordan, you know, if you, you have to keep taking those shots, you have to keep taking those risks. Successful people are the people who just took more risks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of not being afraid to kind of fail. Fail. <laughs> fail fast. That's something that I learned just before I opened my business. I love Lisa Messenger and I was listening to her and she, yeah, she gave a whole talk on just fail fast, just fail, recover. And that's why, yeah, I'll try maybe yeah a topic in my education that one doesn't work that's fine we'll try another I'll try a dinner thing but of course along the way you either you win yeah and we can apply that to like fitness to health to our lifestyle to everything like things don't you don't just decide you're going to do something and then be perfect at it mm-hmm. you have to maybe turn up at that 10 20 50 a thousand times to develop that skill or that just doesn't work for you and you need to find a new way because we're all so different yeah, I think you've been watching along my hilarious running journey. And yeah, last year I set out to run 3K and I got on YouTube that morning. I looked up running techniques, breathing techniques. I did a yoga class beforehand, so I was stretched. I thought about, okay, I had. And now in hindsight, I'm like, Em, you're running 3K. <laughs> it's all here. It's all here. I did. I set out and then, yeah, last weekend I ran my first half marathon and it's just that progressive kind of build and that mindset. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So exciting. And you just, you you laugh because you you video yourself and you share your journey and go like, I don't really want to go today, but I'm going to go. Or like you choose where I run and um, pop that up. And I love that. I love that you're sharing your journey. The Instagram keeps me so accountable. I'm like, how far should I run today, guys? (laughs) I do that. I'm like, if I put it out on Instagram, I have to do it. <laughs> you know, I was out on that run and I, the pain started to kick in. I was like, Instagram's what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it makes, we've talked about this before as well. It makes it real. Like you've got to put things out in the universe and be like, 
oh, even though I don't know if I can do this, I'm yeah. going to have to do it now. Like you put it out there. Maybe my body couldn't, wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have put it out there. Exactly. I set that intention and that changed my mind. And then your body just follows. Like that's sort of, I'm a huge believer in manifesting sort of overused now, but yeah, goal setting and just achieving your goals. That's all the manifesting really is. But mm. if you put something to paper, it will happen. If you write down a goal every morning and then right as you wake up, you read that goal, put it into your subconscious mind, all the doors will start opening and it will just happen quicker than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. We're big on that too. <laughs> Love that. Can you explain a little bit more about um, serotonin education and what that looks like? Obviously, you've got your eatery and then now you've got your exercise space and your education space. What do you hope to like achieve through that? Is it something that you're kind of like mapping and discovering as you go? Yeah. It was something back in like 2013, 14 that was meant to be as big as serotonin eatery, but I never expected serotonin eatery to be so big. So it was like the education is what the whole business is based off. It's what my whole ethos is based off. So we have the serotonin formula, which is 12 steps. And then for the last few years, every month we've done a masterclass on one of those steps and I get three sort of panelists in and I MC the night and we do a degustation dinner that goes along with it. Like I've designed now a, I took over the venue next door and I've got a specially designed event space so that I can host these events in there. They're amazing. And at the moment we've brought it to a Thursday morning. So it's actually the first Thursday of every month for the rest of 2021. Um, The one this Thursday is creating a healthy gut and a resilient immune system, something that we all should just be focusing on at the moment. Mm -hmm. And then for this one, we reverse engineered it. Normally I do the serotonin formula, which is sort of science-based steps to make yourself naturally happy. This time we thought about who our like avatar, who our customer is. And we literally picked up the phone and called them and we're like, what's going on in your life? We interviewed 40 people and we're like, what are the problems going on for you? What are you confused about? You know, there's so much misinformation out there. Um, And then that's where we came up with these, one that you girls will love, the September. The second one is heal your relationship with exercise and become fit with ease. (laughs) There's a lot of... Definitely have to come along to that. Yeah, some people I'm sure you've seen will slog it out in the gym and just kill themselves and they're just they're just not doing the right science they're not working at the right level they don't have to be going that hard they burn out they get adrenal fatigue they affect their hormones and then your body puts on weight and you're like what is going on I'm going to the gym eight times a day and running on the treadmill for two hours you know so that's what we'll be chatting about then and then the next um, the one between then is daily affirmations visualizations to accept and love yourself you know people were coming out of these lockdowns maybe not eating or exercising how they have before. And even if they are eating and exercising, just the alone time is affecting everyone's mental health. So we're just going to teach people again how to love themselves for exactly who they are. You don't need to do anything else. It's really cool that you interviewed everyone because it is such a new environment at the moment. Yeah. It was, yeah, really interesting. And, yeah, people's mental health has been really affected. I'll do... A quick shout out to my favorite website, which is talklink.com.au. It's psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors that are ready to go today because actually it's making me emotional. So many people's mental health has been affected in the last two years through this. So, and you cannot get onto a lot of psychologists and therapists. You know, you might go to a doctor and they'll give you someone, but there'll, there'll be a three month, six month wait list. People can't wait. 
suicide has risen so much in the last two years and it's just not being talked about. So that's a great website to head to. We'll put that in the notes for everyone. Thank you for sharing. I really love um, how you kind of transition through the whole body and you look at it as like a whole system and how it integrates with the environment um, and how like we, we gather feedback from like the external forces, but also from ourselves. And if we're not listening to ourselves as a starting point, it can be really hard to shift things in your life or create momentum um, and chase your dreams and your goals. So I think becoming more aware of how we can listen to our set points and what's going on is so important. Yeah, finding that balance in your life. I have something that I live by that changed my life and it's called the 888 rule. Mm-hmm. In your day, you have eight hours to sleep. For me, it's more like nine and 10. But you have eight hours to sleep. You have eight hours to work. And that gives you eight hours to do whatever else you need. So I know when you're listening to sort of podcasts or reading motivational books, you're like, yeah, that's them. They've got that time or that money or that whatever. But we all have this in our day. We all have the resources. You know, everything that I teach in the serotonin formula, they don't cost anything. So we've all got that resource. And then to find the time, you just have to reevaluate. When we all look at, you know, the time on our phones, you know, mm. day on Instagram, well, we all have that. So it's just the mental resilience to set yourself up. But once you know that 888 rule and you think to yourself, what am I doing with those eight hours of sort of play? That's where I'm able to fit in walks in nature and yeah, yoga classes and catch up with friends and this, yeah, new running. I was able to throw in a new something that I wanted to learn. So even though I am busy, again, in inverted commas, I slot in what I need. You know, I'm really good with my to-do lists and I'll get done in the morning. Like for me, this time, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. is when my brain is firing. So I'll get up, I'll work out early and I'll work this time. And the amount I can get done in this time is nearly eight hours worth of work a day. And yeah. Track. Mm-hmm. That's really knowing yourself as well and how you function. It's a learning, learning curve. But we're a bit the same. We've structured our admin, et cetera, all the stuff we need to get done ASAP in a certain amount of hours. And it's like we have a cap on that, Nelly. It's like, but what you get done in those hours, it's like your brain, and then you're like, okay, now I have time for the rest of this. But when you drag things out through your day because you haven't made those lists or, you know, you don't know what your priority is or or you're maybe working in the hours where your brain is a little bit slower, that's when you don't get as much done at all. And that this is sort of a little bit more for females, but that's a great lead into something I'm so passionate about now because what I actually do is I did a course last year and it was called Productivity and Your Cycle. So for me, uh, we've been chatting about when to do this podcast. And for me, today is actually my day of ovulation. So that's when my kind of brain is firing at its best. <laughs> I eat differently now. I've actually um, like just fasted this morning and that's, you know, not intentionally. That's just what my body needed that morning. I've just had green tea now and I'll sort of eat differently at this time. And yeah, I would never book in a podcast sort of on day one of my cycle or right to the end of my cycle because my brain just isn't there. Of course, some things fall in that time. We had a hilarious, um, we went live on Facebook and Instagram a few weeks ago and it was the first day of my cycle and it was hilarious. My brain just wasn't there. Luckily I had someone else and she was filling in the blanks for me. But it's so important to find that balance. 
It's funny because Bella and I were like, oh, we wish that our cycles were matched up. And then we're like, no, we don't because we need each other at different times, honestly. Great <laughs> way to look at it. Exactly. Yeah. Please help each other. <laughs> it's like, please, just half and half. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think like, it's just so nice to finally kind of like reconnect with being female. Like we are different. We do have these fluctuations and we can really work with this push-pull um, but kind of like shutting down or kind of pushing all of that to the side doesn't necessarily help you in business or in your life. I remember listening way back on my health journey 10 years ago, I was listening to YouTube. So that was sort of where I got all my information. And this girl was saying like, she drank like a Coca-Cola and she was saying that she just felt it affect her body. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't feel anything affect my body like that. And now I can feel the slightest thing. So it's, of course, been a decade-long journey, but I can, yeah, the littlest thing I eat or, yeah, one hour less sleep or different time in my cycle, I can tell what side I ovulate from. I'm mm. so with my body now and it's just, yeah, come from trial and error. It's come from slowing down, meditation, yoga, things like that, just mm. having a lot of me time. I'm an extroverted introvert, so I think as well, like if you've never done your Myers-Briggs, which is like a personality test, you can do all those sort of things, just help educate you about who you are as a person and what you need. So I love hosting the education events. I love doing podcasts and being really extroverted and putting myself out there, but I recharge by myself. So I live by myself. I spend a lot of time by myself. Mm -hmm. I'll travel and go away by myself so that I can give it. And I absolutely love both things. Yeah, I'm fully an extroverted introvert and it's so good to know that about myself. And going back to your cycle, when you nurture into your bleed uh, just before and in your bleed, that gives so much energy to your body for the rest of the month. Like the amount of creativity, productivity, even just like happiness because it's where you can really let go of what you don't need from the past month or two months or and reflect and internal sort of being and then it's just like it's really like putting yourself on the charger (laughs) and it's so important because when you're in this again busy lifestyle when do you stop so when you start yeah living with your cycle and then you know great I'm gonna have you know not many social commitments around the the end to the start of my cycle I'm gonna sleep a bit longer I'm gonna eat you know more cooked food more nourishing food have warmer drinks you really just start to nourish yourself yeah and it's in that rebuilding phase and then yeah you just springboard out into the rest of your month and we're going into this with learning this and being a very productive ambitious person was it hard to learn boundaries because we've had to do this. <laughs> and like when people want to connect with you a lot and you are passionate about what you're doing, was it hard to set these boundaries from the start or were you sort of like straight in place with them? Definitely hard. I definitely love having these conversations because now I can chat to my closest friends or my staff members and be like, I'm on day one. <laughs> and they're like, great, we'll just leave you be. Or, you know, I'll... Like I said, I'll always look at my calendar and I plan in all these kind of things now when I'm really vibing, have heaps of high energy. So to put in the boundaries, I don't even think 
people need to know that it's a boundary, you know, mm-hmm. people don't know that, Hey, I can't see you tomorrow because I've got my period. You know, you're just busy or whatever you need to say to them, you know, next week works better for me. So the boundary is just really within yourself. And that is definitely what takes a lot of work as well being, you know, don't overcommit. So I keep my journal on me at all times and around about the start of my cycle, I'll plan it out. So there's the four phases and I'll plan to be yeah really social at this time. And I'll, try and not have as many commitments at the other time. So I think the boundary is more with yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually love that because you can have all of the information, you can have a coach, you can surround yourself with people who are living the way you want to live, but it does come down to your choices. Yeah, because, yeah, you can still just overcommit and say yes and keep going even though they've said, oh, no, you didn't need to come to that. You could still want to go. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Was there a time in your business that's been really, really hard uh, is there something that's happened that's been, I know there'll be probably many, but what's like one really big challenge you've had to overcome? One. Okay. <laughs> one. Okay, five, ten. <laughs> I think a huge one is that people don't realise it's the first day you open. So, you know, it's all exciting and you're opening and... You should be fresh and excited, but I'd been in there for nearly 12 months physically building the space. So by the day that I opened, I was so exhausted and we were there till like 3.30 a.m. the night before and we got back there at 5.30 a.m. And everyone came in to see me on the first day and like it's like kind of when people have a kid, like you should never visit someone in that first month because they're exhausted. Just drop off food at their door. That's what you need to do to business owners. If someone starts a new business, Take a message and drop a food. Don't, yeah, don't talk to me. Come and buy my food. That's Come a, to my shop. Don't talk to me. That's a gold nugget right there. Yeah, people don't realize that first part was so exhausting. Oh, friends and family all came to see me on the first day. And not only that, there's so much you haven't done. You're trying to get everything up and running, and it still wasn't perfect. It was probably six months away from being perfect. Um, and at, you know, 7 p.m. the night before, my friends who were helping me set it up were saying, Em, you can't open tomorrow. I'm like, it's on Instagram. We have to. (laughs) So definitely that was a challenge, that first startup phase. And then I'd actually never worked in hospitality. So I, a heap of things. I'd never done that many steps in a day. I was doing like 20, (gasps) 40,000 steps a day. so hard. (laughs) Your feet would have been so sore. You'd have been like, I need some sketches. (laughs) Well, I wore the worst shoes. No one told me all these things. I make it compulsory stuff home that they have to wear good runners now because I was wearing these like crappy bands and I ended up getting plantar fasciitis just from working in my own shop. So one day about 18 months in, I tried to get up out of bed and I physically couldn't stand. And that was huge because I was the manager. I was opening, closing. I was running the floor. I was everything. So that quickly up-leveled me to the next, you know, entrepreneur level of being a business owner and being a leader because I just couldn't stand. I, people might not remember, but I used to have this chair that I would sit on the door and I'm sure customers... Actually, I remember. <laughs> I just couldn't stand, but I was like, I'm going to go to work. <laughs> I should have taken some time off then. But it's this, yeah, you're in it and you're in the startup phase and you're the one with all the ideas and all the thoughts. So they were two very challenging times. And then I had quite a challenging relationship for the first few years too. So the first two years were tumultuous at best and I had to remind myself not only that I opened this because I sort of have a precursor to mental health issues and 
and depression and people don't really realize that I guess you know I'm the serotonin dealer and I every day now have happiness but I still go through you know bouts and I'm still really susceptible to different mental health things going on for me so I've now through being able to live this serotonin life, all these different steps that I do, um, like raising my heart rate and eating fruit and vegetables every day, my baseline of happiness and mental health is so high. So that if I have a little drop, it doesn't go as low. And people, people, when they drink alcohol, I'm sure we all know you've had a few drinks and you get excited and like you're vibing. So when I'm at my ultimate, what I call my ultimate, and when I'm being successful in my own life, I'm healthy enough that I literally wake up and it's like I've had four cocktails. I'm like so happy. I'm like dancing straight away in the morning. Like my mental health is so good. And that for me is how I want to live my life every day. I try to avoid stimulants and things like that so that I wake up every day vibing as if I'm drunk. (laughs) Because I think like when we talk yeah. about stimulants, like often we're like then chasing the next stimulant. Yeah. Don't you think? Like you start with coffee and then by like lunchtime, you're chasing like well, you're crashing. Know, sugar or yeah. um, something. And then you get to nighttime and then you're reaching for, I don't know, alcohol. Um, so the more we can kind of limit what's coming in from that like highly processed chemical base means our own hormones or our own chemicals can work a bit better. Yeah, you just verbatim said what I teach people and then by the end of their day they've had caffeine sugar alcohol and then they're like I just don't know why I'm not sleeping well (laughs) (laughs) the body is exhausted and you're like shooting it up spiking it down so if you take that out you know and it's really hard of course to go off things so I really just teach people to replace it like if you replace the coffee that you love for like a delicious chocolate banana smoothie with peanut butter you're going to be just as excited for that you've just got to change that habit so yeah. because well, it's not uh you can't just scrap something without yeah. replacing something else it's a lot easier to replace the habit with something else that's a lot better for you yes. the habit stacking rather than being like oh, i'm not doing that anymore cold turkey see you later <laughs> and i actually didn't think it would be this high i did a poll on the instagram you know who thinks they're addicted to coffee and it was nearly a hundred percent of people oh. are- and I was like, oh no, like that's something I obviously need to chat about. Then there's a lot of cafe owners that went into it because they know it's an addictive substance where I was the complete opposite. I've got this whole menu of, we've got homemade gingerbread lattes, peanut butter lattes, mm. incredible like cacao, um, elixir latte, golden lattes. So it's still that social thing of like, let's go for coffee. But if you don't drink the caffeine and avoid the stimulant and you're still catching up, having that social, getting that nourishing, warm drink, it is a huge cycle to break, but if you can drop that morning coffee and the easiest, I think at the moment in winter is just for a nice cacao. Mm. Um, which has so many other beautiful benefits to our bodies too. I think people forget that sometimes these like ginger, um, turmeric, all of those yeah. types of things can give back tenfold. Lower inflammation. The best way for me, that's why I actually only a year or so ago added to our menu, the cacao elixir, because I don't love drinking turmeric and ginger. I'm going to be honest. I love putting it in curries and things, but one golden latte a month about does me. So now this new elixir, I've hidden the turmeric, ginger, cinnamon in there, but it's got cacao. It's got all of the mushrooms, a beautiful like reishi and lion's lion's tail. Um, And it still tastes like a delicious drink. Yeah. And you get the health benefits as well. (laughs) Yum. 
I want one. I don't, I don't even like coffee. Like I drink it one a day, but I don't even like it. I don't like the taste. It's literally a habit that I need to change. I don't like it. So you have this podcast, you change it. Yeah. I mean, I could like a hundred percent go off it tomorrow, but Maybe again, video for you of what I, how I make my morning routine, little cacao and I'll post that for you. Yeah. Yes, please. It sounds delicious. And I'm just backtracking us for a tiny bit. Obviously there's like push pulls in life and opening your business takes a lot of energy and a lot of time. And you have to kind of give up certain things to be able to create that. Now, do you feel like you're at a space and where you can um, outsource? Yeah, outsource. And like, how did you come to terms with maybe like letting go of things that you really wanted to control? Um, you knew, As you said before, you were like, I was the ideas person. I was the floor manager. I was this. Like when it's your own baby, it's hard sometimes to give some of that responsibility to others. So how did you cope with that? How did you manage and how did you slowly transition? So many nuggets here. One, if, you, if someone can do it 70% as well as you, then hand it on to them. Really? When you're getting up to that part in business, if yeah, if they do it 70% as well, move on. And I've gotten to this part now where, yeah, I've got two managers in the shop now. I've got uh, obviously a head chef, a sous chef. I've got a head barista, bar managers. Um, and then the latest hire for myself was an EA, which um, I've got PAs. And a PA, you sort of tell what to do. Um, whereas an EA kind of thinks for you. That's my way of thinking of it. So this was the latest hire for me. And I wanted to free myself up because I want to be talking at schools more, which is what I love doing. You know, when all this started for me in my mental health was about year nine. So I love talking to kids at that age and teaching them this because they're not really getting it anywhere else. So I want to free myself up to do that. I've been given a book deal, which I haven't quite written yet. So there's all these amazing things that I've been given, but yeah, I was still caught in the business. And obviously me hiring something like an EA that just comes straight out of my income. But that was something that I wanted to be able to do because money does not lead to happiness. And yeah, what leads to happiness is fulfillment. So for me to be successful to my, you know, level is to be able to talk to these kids, write this book, get this information out there and educate people. So definitely being able to hand off all of that. And I've got a huge team. I've got like 30 people, that work within sort of serotonin. And then I've got another 20 people that I work with outside of the direct cafe. So there's 50 people on my payroll now, which is very scary in a COVID world, but being able to get to that level over, we've been open more than six years now. So that's really exciting. That's big. In saying that as well, how did you grow a, such a strong community? Because- well, I started the Instagram. <laughs> Were there more to that question? Oh, I'm just saying because it's very hard for people to do that in business sometimes, like a very strong knit community. How did you do that? It's being authentic and vulnerable, which I don't know if that just sounds like everyone would say that, but I opened the serotonin Instagram probably three or four years before the business even opened. So it was just my personal journey. It's hilarious if you go down to the very bottom what's on there. (laughs) I was, yeah, just literally showing like, you know, what all the influencers do now, but like a day in my life, what do I eat? I was showing, I'm not sure how much of the build I actually showed, but I don't think I showed much of the build because people thought it was a business from day one. People would like come to the venue because they thought it was already open and it was like a (laughs) inside. 
please, no, not yet. Nine months away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being, yeah, being really open and it was a need and that's, again, what most people's businesses become. It's a need that they have, they feel. So I was going to all of these venues and I was being food bloggers and eating but I was so unsatiated and the food was leaving me feeling so crappy and like my skin was breaking out and I was bloating and all those symptoms that you get when you eat crap food. And I was like, I just want somewhere that's transparent, you know, even healthy cafes, they get this glow from the outside from maybe media and PR, but what they actually are selling is not really that healthy. They still hide sugar and oils and crap in it. So I just wanted to be really transparent and I want the customers, yeah, to be able to come in and trust everything and to be able to eat completely guilt-free. Like sometimes people say um, in reviews, like, oh, I could make this at home. And that is the point. The food is really clean. It's really home cooking. You know, we use organic ingredients. I use local suppliers. It is things you can do at home. But for me, I'm a terrible cook, which people don't really know. That's what I'm really? <laughs> <laughs> With all the ideas, but I'm a terrible cook. And I love business and I love, yeah, being taking up my time with that so that's where I love eating out it's a social thing it's you know not having to clean up all those sort of things so I get that yeah sometimes we do things it may be sure you could make it home but actually in lockdown people were trying to make our big nutrition bomb and they were tagging me in their nutrition <laughs> oh it actually is really hard <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> belly's the best cook belly is the best cook I'm like no oh, can you please make me some gluten-free cookies <laughs> brownies <laughs> the ideas and then I give that to the chefs and then they come up with these like amazing things you know we've got a food ethos so there's I think 21 or 23 steps now I think I added some steps over the years about what the food has to be so a rainbow of color gluten-free sugar-free dairy-free all the things and then when I get new chefs in their mind nearly explodes because what you're taught at culinary school is how to use butter how to use cream how to use fat how to use sugar I'm like everything you know I do <laughs> wrap it but there's so many alternatives let altern- <laughs> alternatives yeah. really talk about that when it comes to your nutrition when did you say okay no more I, I'm dairy free sugar free it was at the same time as when I went to the doctor and that it wasn't even necessarily because of that I was yeah watching a lot of YouTube that was kind of I guess like Instagram scrolling back in the day I just used to YouTube and I was watching all of these yeah plant-based people and they were living these kind of lives and thriving so coincidentally at the same time as eating food high in tryptophan I also went plant-based and plants are generally they have tryptophan in them which is what converts Mm. to serotonin so I started eating yeah just sugar-free just because Sugar, unless it's yeah like beautiful bananas and berries I wasn't eating you know I stopped eating chocolate and things like that I can never eat a date for the rest of my life because I ate so many dates when I went plant-based <laughs> that's when I just started eating dairy-free and feeling the energy we were speaking to someone my my EA has actually been vegan since birth and she's 36 so she didn't go through this but um we were interviewing some chefs yesterday who was plant-based um bedro for 10 years and vegan for the last five years and he was saying that his whole world just changed when he went vegan and I can totally resonate with that you just vibe differently like literally plants and trees and nature was brighter sunsets were more amazing my friends were so sick of me seeing post sunsets and sunrises but I was sleeping well so like by 5 30 in the morning I'm like slept I'm ready to get up I'm feeling good I'm just sitting out there having my smoothie watching the sunrise like everything in your life starts to change when you just eat more fruit and vegetables and 
I love um, Plant Proof, who's a friend of mine, Simon, and he's just released a great book on all of the science behind it. And really it's like 80, 90% of your diet should just be plant-based, which means fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. And it's kind of like the 80, 20 rule, whatever you make up that last 20% doesn't really matter. And we don't really care. You know, it's just as long as you're eating the majority and being kind of conscious with your food choices, it's going to change your body. Mm. And I think that's like just being in tune with what your body needs, like that works for your body and it works for your, um, I guess like biochemistry too. And it's, it's trying to make sure you're listening to what your body needs and what nutrients it needs rather than necessarily like choosing it because a friend's doing it or following a trend that you see on Instagram. It's really kind of working out what works for you. Or being too busy that you can't make meals or choose good foods. I think it's so accessible now that you can really eat healthy anywhere, anytime. It's just making that choice especially yeah money is something that always comes up for people but when I went plant-based I was in uni and I was saving for this business that I had so I was crazy saving everything I could I was saving always for 10 years a minimum $500 a week so I had like $30 left over to spend on food and I would go to this little place shout out to Cato Fruit and Veg in Paran and you would take your basket in there and no matter what I put in that basket it was $30 so I had like fruits and vegetables for the week. And I would buy a big, you know, like 10 kilo bag of brown rice for nothing. And I was living for so cheap. And I was probably the healthiest I've ever been because yeah, I was just eating only what I brought into my house. I lived by myself. I didn't have money to snack on crap or get Uber Eats. So you can eat and be very healthy for very cheap. Mm. Mm. And then looking at if you don't choose your health, the future consequences of that and how expensive, like how expensive medication is and being sick. I think we need to think about that more. Yeah. That's what they always say. If you, if you're trying to cost out being healthy, you should cost out. Yeah. Cancer's three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 to go through that. A lot. That was actually where my journey as well started to the plant-based. Um, I was running a nanny agency and we started sort of, specializing in working with families where one parent was going through cancer because you actually have to look after the parent as well. So the kids are at home. There's normally maybe a bedridden parent or a parent at home. And I was working with this beautiful family and um, the dad had cancer and I'd been working with them beforehand and he changed his whole diet. And that, yeah, for me as maybe a 20 year old, I was like, why is he eating this way now and feeling amazing? Why wasn't he doing that before? So he ate, yeah, all organic. He was kind of juicing in the morning. He was mm-hmm. eating like never bigger than the palm of his hand size of meat once or twice a week. And I was cooking all of this for him. So that was, again, you know, shifted me into thinking, yeah, exactly. Why are we waiting? A driver. Yeah. Mm. It's like time is now, not tomorrow. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Well, and like you've got such a beautiful energy. Um, No wonder your business is constantly kind of like adapting and growing and uh, you connect with so many. Um, You always hold space and time for them. So we're so grateful for you coming on and chatting with us. And we're so excited to see what you're up to in the future and to come pop in and have a beautiful peanut butter latte. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What is next for you, Em? Is there a specific goal that you have at the moment before we finish up? Well, I'm loving my life of balance. So literally from the week I opened, people are like, when are you going to do your second venue? <laughs> so, and I think that is something, yeah, you can get caught on this hamster wheel. So 
of course, like a second venue and things like that. But I'm actually, yeah, an architect by trade. So I'm always working on little projects in the back end. We've got a beautiful serotonin Airbnb that I created up um, in the Hinton and the Byron. So that's something that I've been working on the last few years. <laughs> Let's go stay. <laughs> We're just there. Yes, please. <laughs> Actually, I have seen your stories recently over like the last year and she's always like doing that walk and like onto the lighthouse and like you've got a whole beautiful community and group of friends up there now. So yeah, it's very easy to find like-minded people up there because they create this time for each other yeah Melbourne friends are just so busy and I let them do their own thing but I have to like lock them down if I want to catch up with them we're up there yeah we can we seem to make space for each other and I really love that you even said holding space I don't I think that's quite a new concept and I speak to a lot of people about it whether they sort of know what that means but yeah just like they all will hold space which means sort of not judging you and listening and just being, being present yeah I feel like that's a lost thing at the moment, just holding space, being present. Yeah, I was listening to The Power of Now again this morning and exactly that, like there is no moment other than right here. And when you, you know, find gratitude in the moment, that's sort of where you can start to find happiness as well. If you're really struggling, sort of anxiety is thinking about the future and depression is thinking about the past. So if you can bring yourself back to this moment right here, that is so powerful and change your state right here. Oh. Yes. I know. <laughs> all smiles here this morning <laughs> oh. yes. nothing really coming up next I'm just finding beautiful balance um yeah I'm just enjoying my life I have this incredible business which yeah people keep asking me sort of what's next it's like next. remember you're running this huge business so yeah. Working on that, doing the serotonin education, doing serotonin exercise. Um, I've obviously taken up running in lockdown. So we're going to be doing heaps more serotonin running groups, Um, but just connecting with community. Yeah, I guess holding space for my customers and educating and trying to spread the word about natural happiness and looking after yourself more. I think that's important to to Mm. know that you can just have now and there doesn't have to be an ex either you don't have to chase that next I think that's really cool yeah the things that I'm saying now even the me from one or two years ago I would be blowing my own mind so just to know that I'm just so content now and I'm not rushing off anywhere Mm. and I'm just enjoying everything I've created and there, there isn't anything you know success is just being happy and success is being healthy and that's what I'm focusing on Wowee. Who shakes this? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. We have loved every single minute of this. You have shared so many little gold nuggets. Oh, my so pleasure. Thank you. I loved it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We will speak to you soon. Uh, where can everyone find you? So you can find me on Instagram, yep. Serotonin Dealer, or my personal one is Emily in Wonderlust. Amazing. Thank you so much, Em. My pleasure. Thank you.